hello, hello. Welcome back to Kind of Complicated, the podcast. I am LaToya, and this is my fabulous, amazing co-host, Preem Yana in this bitch. (laughs) I thought you were going to let me introduce myself this time because we... I do be changing it up though. You do. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. People still fuck with us. It's okay. Period. <laughs> so, yes, it's Primayana. Welcome back to another episode. Yes. And how are you doing? I am doing good. I am, you know, blessed and highly favored. Or at least, you know, I think God is on my side. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's supposed to love everybody. Right. So. <laughs> I hope he's on your side. I hope he's on my side. But, you know, uh, we are recording on 22222, which, I don't know, hopefully that means something good is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it's something good for everyone, especially yeah. everyone that's listening. Yes. Yes. Um, but how are you? I'm I'm doing good. I went to visit my hometown this weekend. Yes. I actually went to visit my grandmother's house for the first time since she's passed. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a monumental moment, I would guess. Okay. Um, but it was harder than I expected. I did cry and I had like my little movie moment, you know, crying with my mom. And you know, it was emotional, but it just brought back a lot of memory. So it kind of made me happy too, just like all the time that I spent in that home. So right. it just made me miss her, but made me also think of like the good times, not necessarily the bad times. So right. it was cool. I feel closer to her and I also got her um cool ass glasses that I'm getting my prescription put into so oh, that's like that's my awesome. memento yes I that's know, awesome right? well that's so, good yeah. that you were able to visit her um her home and everything um you know that the process of that process of life is so it's a lot and it's like it's just mm-hmm. you never can be prepared for it because like you know it's a it's a natural occurrence but like you know the aftermath it's like one minute you're fine the next minute it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me I know the aftermath yeah so it's so layered it is and it's not like a one fits all like you know some people may feel one type of way and you may feel another type of way but you know it's like very layered for sure yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um well since we recorded valentine's day has passed um did you do anything special mm-hmm. actually i just you know took care of myself I went to go visit one of my best friends and we spent the weekend together shout out to Asia hey Asia and we had (laughs) and we had a spa weekend and oh my gosh um if you're ever if you're in Atlanta area um Atlanta I mean surrounding areas I'm sorry I'm Amaretta um (laughs) if you're in one of the Atlanta surrounding areas it's a spa called spa land and we had a great time they're not sponsoring this but it was pretty cool also jeju 
is, you know, a top spot if you're in that area as well. But yeah, we had a great spa experience. And then when I came back home, I got a massage on actual Valentine's Day. Mm. So, and I was, I took off that day from work. So it was all about me. It was good. Period. <laughs> um, I actually took off on Valentine's Day because I mm. like my previous work day was just so stressful that I was like, mm. you know, I'm gonna call out. I'm gonna call out <laughs> because actually I called out. I called out. <laughs> and I stayed I in I stayed in bed. I did not like leave my bed. And it was just honestly a normal day for me. It wasn't like, oh, like I didn't do anything like monumental from my end. Mm-hmm. I just dedicated myself to my bed and just gave myself the rest that it needed. So that's good. That's always good, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to enjoy those moments, especially when you're childless. <laughs> right <laughs> right because uh yeah as someone who is hoping to have kids I know that's going to change me being in my bed and just chilling and doing nothing that's gonna change like right mm-hmm. so and shout see, out to the mamas though y'all be doing yes, it yes and effortlessly like yeah so well, shout out to y'all I know yeah yeah, most of the ones I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dig too deep. I ain't gonna dig too deep. No, no, for real. I feel you though. Uh you right. Most of the ones I know. It, it is a few outliers. You're right. 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 You know. <laughs> but okay. Okay. <laughs> today's show. What are we gonna talk about today? Our next session, we're going to talk about shows and how they may affect our perception of romance and relationships. Have you watched the last season of Insecure? I have, yes. Um, and also, have you watched Just Like That, which is like, you know, you're not. Okay. When I so, saw your notes, I actually had to go Google that because I thought you were talking about the Sex in the City show, but I wasn't mm-hmm. too sure. But I've seen a lot of discourse on it just because people talk hate watched it on social media. So I kind of know like <laughs> the gist of what happened. But you know, some of the shadier parts, I guess. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so like what are your thoughts about like the mm-hmm. progression of how insecure ended? Just not in comparison, just insecure. Just insecure, yeah. Um, I thought it was cute. I think it was the ending that a lot of people would have preferred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think Lawrence was a terrible person where Issa couldn't have been happy with him, especially right. as long as he corrected the things that made the relationship negative in the first part and mm-hmm. I think that he did the yeah, only downside same. that it was just a child involved mm-hmm. and like depending on the man I mean you can maybe make some concessions but I think it was a nice ending also too thought that it was a nice ending I did see like a few holes but I get it like they were trying to wrap up the story like as far as like with Kelly I wanted to see more I always wanted to see more about her um mm-hmm. just because she was just like a breath of fresh air Definitely. um but in, 
particular with Issa and Lawrence, I always felt like they were destined to be together. Mm-hmm. Um, because like in my eyes, both of them were not perfect. Um, and they both had like their gripes about each other, mm-hmm. but they were willing to like correct them as best mm-hmm. as possible. And so like that's what made the show like appealing to me is because like you see these people make these fucked up mistakes but you also see them trying to correct them um to me like that was definitely like a realistic um part of the show for sure Mm -hmm. was just like how relationships can be like you know this up and down like it's never like the balance sometimes that you want sometimes like you just go through like craziness um now as far as with and just like that like what were your opinions from the things that you saw on social media well from what I saw people said that big died like early Mm -hmm. on in the (laughs) series Mm -hmm. and they were like why would you bring him back just to kill him off um so that was one of the things that I saw and another thing I saw was how um is it Miranda was getting her pussy ate in mm-hmm. Carrie's kitchen and yes. I was calling her trifling as fuck um yeah so and you know with that based on things that I saw I feel like those women in the Six and the City reboot didn't really change much mm-hmm. um like you know I never felt like Big was the guy for Carrie I felt like she was just there and he was like okay I mean damn you want to ring this bag come on and I feel like Carrie is giving me Cassie vibes from Euphoria like Mm -hmm. uh you know big is not as bad as Nate I guess and the but I feel like he was very psychologically negative towards Carrie throughout the duration of the show for her to even want to be with a man like that it was just like yeah uh I guess, but I just, that, I guess is a difference to me. I felt like, not that Issa settled, I feel like Carrie settled, and mm-hmm. I feel like she just wanted that man just to say she had that man, because he didn't want her as much as I feel like other men wanted her, and so right. she wanted the man that she couldn't have, so that is the difference, I feel, and I guess that is the difference in how romance has changed over the last 20 years mm-hmm. and how dating has changed over the last 20 years so and it's crazy that you say that well I wouldn't say crazy but it's it's great that you brought that up because with the re- reboot um with and just like that like I felt like with the reboot they were trying so hard to like appease the appeal for what they think is right for right now like Mm. because if you watch sex in the city previously you didn't see no black people you didn't see no people of color like you Mm -hmm. didn't see them be progressive as they like really did try to make the people be or the characters be in this reboot and so it wasn't I don't feel like it was like how I feel these characters would naturally be. Um, and some, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a genuine progression to me mm-hmm. in some aspects because like previously you gave me a whitewash like city, you gave me a, a white, a whitewash um, series. So like, you know, like I would have much rather see them like 
approaching the new things that's going on rather than just being completely in it if that makes sense yeah I get it Mm -hmm. um and also like when big died I cried because I was just like it was just so devastating and it just happened so quick that was like what the fuck is this (laughs) like like not you crying over a white I I did I did and it it wasn't necessarily I was crying over a white man but I was just crying because it's just like damn this really does happen in real life like death would just sneak up on your ass just Mm. in the most random things and then like also like Stan um one of the gay guys Stan like he died in real life like he wasn't mm-hmm. even able to finish the season because he passed and it's just weird again going back to what we was previously talking about how just how death is like a natural occurrence but it just kind of comes <laughs> so randomly and mm-hmm. I thought it showed a show a great showcase of that but yes I did cry I think I was like near my on my period so I was just really emotional but I was just like oh my god that's so devastating <laughs> <laughs> no I feel you though the period do be making you cry hella like cry like at the most slight inconvenience so yes mm-hmm. I did cry over a white man um not so, black history mom <laughs> well it was in january no i would not claim that black history but that was in january when i did that so so with these two particular shows um with the main characters lawrence and big do you think they have any similarities um or or they're just completely different because me personally I do see some like aspects of themselves like there are some like similar things that I do see the fact like they both want to be like kind of dominant in their own right um Mm -hmm. I think big is a little bit more aggressive with it but I do see those more conservative yeah but I definitely see it in Lawrence especially when she was with uh Nathan and they had that whole situation where they was at the same event like he was mm-hmm. really popping his shit and mm-hmm. um you know but what do you think um I think they both have petty moments like mm-hmm. a lot of men I feel like men are very petty yes very I think they're more more petty than women in some instance oh, yeah they can be very vindictive oh yes some yes um, I do feel like, you know, they have similarities. They're both men. Of course, they're going to have some similarities in mm-hmm. you know, regards to dating. But I do think the way that they both approach things is different. Um, I do think Lawrence owned up to his shit. Yeah. Took him a long time, but he owned up to his shit. And, you know, he made a stand and he realized what he wanted. He knew he wanted Issa. And he made that very clear. And I was happy that it was progression in that regard like they both realized they wanted each other and they were both also in the career that they wanted to be in you know they were yeah. working towards their goals and so I love that for both them but I feel like like I said I feel like we're carrying big it wasn't that they grew together or they grew apart and came together I feel like they were both just like yeah settling okay. yeah and so I feel like there was not much character development for big um, I feel like he didn't grow. I don't feel like, you know, oh, he lets Carrie take up most of the closet. Like, oh, you know, like that's so compromising. I don't feel mm-hmm. like he made Carrie's life better 
as a person. Like, I don't think she became out a better person. And I feel like when you with people for the long haul, I feel like these people should make you better in some regard. And he may make you better financially, but I feel like that's just, you know, surface one, level. Yeah, that's just one aspect of like a relationship. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt like um Big was extremely emotionally unavailable. And oh, yeah. um Morris was definitely in the beginning, but he like kind of grew out of that for sure. But I feel um, like that was also part of depression, but yeah, being unemployed and yeah. can make you unemotionally unavailable. Um, so I think that gives him more big head everything. Yeah, and he's still emotionally unavailable. Right. It's like fix your shit, man. Please. Go please. see the lady. Please, like, please. Just oh, be yeah. invested, like, in her, her, like, be invested in her life and her, like, things that she find, like, I don't know. I kind of lost my point. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Like, you know, be in, like, I don't know, like, if Big was excited about you know, carrying what she had going on. It was just like, mm-hmm. okay, like I feel like Lawrence was excited for Issa, especially like when, you know, right. she saw her new place and she was giving him a little tour and stuff. And, you know, he was so happy for her. And right. I feel like that's very important in relationships that you guys have to support each other and big each other up. And I feel like I've been in relationships where things I was excited about and I would think that my partner would be excited about and mm-hmm. they were just like, oh, that's good for you. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that is good for me. But it's like, aren't you excited? Like I'm doing this. I'm, you right. know, I've achieved this. This is something I wanted to do on my bucket list. Like, you know, and I guess you can't expect people to always be so happy for you, but it's like your partner, like, Especially if I told you, like, this is my dream. My dream is to do this. And once I finally achieved it, like, I worked so hard and, you know, I get to there and you just like, oh, that's great. And it's like, okay. You know, it's underwhelming. And I feel like I saw that more so in the big and care relationship than, like, you know, you're just like, oh, that's good for you. But not like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you got right. this, you know, your column in this and you get to be in this magazine. It's like, right. mm, okay. You know, you know what I also just randomly thought about um, with Beyonce's Coachella documentary when she was like trying on her old outfit after being pregnant and she showed Jay Z. And girl. he was like, oh, that's nice. Like, no, nigga, I want you to turn mm-hmm. up with me. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. I, had I was very disappointed. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's nice. Like, what? Because I would have been like, hey, pull the camera back some more. Like, do a 360. Come on. Yes. Like, you know, I want to see you. Shake a little thumb. Like, yes. give me that energy. Yeah. And like, okay, yes, you rocking it. But it's just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. That's what you say about some wine that you surprisingly got at the restaurant. Oh, that's nice. Nice. I wasn't expecting that. So Don't nice you say that when it's something that I'm excited about. And that I worked so hard to achieve also. Exactly. And that's what one thing about relationships, like, and I guess in the media, how we see them, you know how like a lot of when we were growing up, it was a lot of those rom-com movies, like Mm -hmm. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, or He's Mm -hmm. Just Not That Into You, and you know, uh, it's complicated. It's just a lot of those tropes. 
of like these women like desperately longing for these men or like yep. falling in love with these men and they said they weren't gonna fall in love with these men it's just like you know these and men being the center of everything I'm so glad you said that because that was a great pivot to our next section <laughs> the Prince Charming Effect the Prince Charming Effect is um, portrayals of a male who is strong, independent, responsible, brave, confident, and motivated. Additionally, he may be tall, dark, and handsome, a knight in shining armor, and will give you everything. Uh, put simple, simple. <laughs> put mm-hmm. simply, Prince Charming has been defined as a stereotypical perfect male composed of qualities taken from books, movies, and fairy tales. And then also kind of put it into retrospect, like you remember Prince Charmin and Cinderella. He didn't even have a name. He was, how about Snow White? He was tall, handsome, rich, strong, with a love so pure, he was able to wake Snow White with a kiss. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We just know he look good. He got money and he's strong and he's sweet enough to wake her up, but we don't even know him for real, for real. Like the and, only one I know the name of is like Ariel, and that's Eric. Yeah, that's and it. Tiana, what's her man's name? He had a name, but I forgot. But you know, that's still something that came later on down the line. Right. It wasn't a focus. Mm-hmm. And also with that, we all know those are fairy tales. But if you constantly find you in a relationship that never meet the mark, the guy isn't romantic enough. He isn't talented enough. He doesn't make more, enough money. He snores. He doesn't like your cat. He drives the wrong kind of car, et cetera, et cetera. It may be the Prince Charming syndrome, which put simply is that we're looking for these like perfection perfection and Mm -hmm. in reality we may not never find it um so like you're not liking my cat is a red flag bro it really is the fuck (laughs) like that should not be half included like they they wrong with it but i i understand what they mean like you know if you are looking for all these qualities but i mean continue i'm gonna get to my point I'm get in my bag. Uh, yes. Okay. So um, we're also me pulling just research. It said that it's it's a problematic expectation for men. There's a rhetoric and a sense of competition in impures, um, demands of power from young boys are taught to make themselves bigger and it seems performative. They are encouraged away from emotions, which causes mm-hmm. more hurt to the individual and the people they surround themselves with. By far the worst thing we do to males by making them feel they have to be hard is that we leave them with very fragile egos and i'm not going to fuck up this lady's name <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna do that but um that was by a very famous um author but mm-hmm. for the sake of me fucking up people names i'm not gonna say her name but i will include the quote on our social media um so you can see who it was mm-hmm. um but like 
So in a retrospect, everyone loses because we as women, we have these lofty expectations. And then as men, they feel like they have to be performative, which lacks them in their emotional state, which also Um, fucks up, you know, everything on the front, like on the back end with being good partners. And Um, good parents. And good parents. Like, especially if you watch uh, Euphoria, you see that play out like how... Yeah, Cal and Nate and how they're the same person and how Nate didn't have the emotional support to where he's like mm-hmm. a maniac, literally. Mm-hmm. And his daddy didn't either. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just this continual, like, generational, like, passing of fragile egos from one male to the next male of generation. So mm-hmm. it's definitely something to, like expand upon on like just relationships and so forth um because I will say like when I start talking to somebody I do have very lofty like fairy tales that kind Mm -hmm. of pop up but I know like it's me just being a hopeless romantic but not like me expecting this to be like a reality because more than certain we're going to stop talking in like less than seven days so (laughs) (laughs) that's the reality like at least right now like you know like so I know that I have like sometimes I have like fairy tales when I deal with people but I know like it's just a fairy tale it's just my imagination but I know it's not going to be real awesome yeah I understand and I mean you get that fairy tale syndrome but then it's like you also have to realize the reality of majority of men (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know you're just you're not but it's like one of those things you can't necessarily be like okay well I don't want to think that I'm having too high standards and then you lower your standards to the point where red flags are you know going Mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things it's like be more selective in what you think is a deal breaker um like I dated somebody that was shorter than me for the first time in a long time Mm -hmm. and did it backfire on me yes will I say I won't date short men again Eh, 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 I don't know I don't know but you know it's one of those things that that's uh one of those factors that it isn't that big of a deal right in the grand scheme I think ultimately though me personally and this is just kind of great that we spoke about this previously with Sex in the City and Carrie and Big. But I don't want nobody to settle for me. Like, I don't want nobody to mm-hmm. be like, um, you know, you single, I'm single. Let's make this mm-hmm. thing work. Like, no, no, <laughs> hell no. I don't want nobody to like be like, yeah, you know, you're the next great thing that's available. Like, no, mm-hmm. fuck that. Like, I would much rather be alone. In fact, I I kind of prefer just being alone. <laughs> like, if I feel like somebody's just settling for the fact that, you know, they had their hand in the water and just couldn't get the big fish, so they just going to sit on mm-hmm. it. No, playboy. We're not doing that. Yeah. I agree with you. But I feel like a lot of men settle, especially when they're entering into marriages. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're marry the women who they think they're supposed to marry Mm -hmm. and like a lot of times women who they think who they want to be with they're dming while they're married 
and it's like yep. you know you wasn't either you wasn't beating her standard her quality or you know you just yeah you probably wasn't meeting her standards but you know or you just a dirtbag that's trying to two-time multiple women and mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things I feel like people need to find more self-awareness in regards to relationships so you won't hurt people along the way because I feel like the biggest issue with relationships is communication and mm-hmm. how little people communicate the hard things right. and that's why a lot of relationships end and you know it can be money or infidelity but ultimately like money and fidelity there should have been conversations before either of those happened right so you know it's one of those things that communication is usually the biggest issue amongst like even romantic relationships and friendships so it's really sad it is just like I feel like especially men they have a long way to go and it's not oh she talking about men all men it's just like men statistically have a long way to go in regards to emotional intelligence and making sure they're thinking more with the emotional brain and you know people be like oh like so your dad's a a bad guy and it's like my daddy does a lot of shit that is misogynistic and it's just Mm -hmm. how he how he was raised and you know how his environment was and so it's like I won't ever be like, well, no, not my dad or not my brother. It's just like, you know, I can't say that. I, I, I can't. I can't. Me either. Actually, it's kind of funny that we spoke about brothers. Me and my brother was talking. He came over and we were talking about like shows and stuff. Fucking noise. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about shows and stuff. And, you know, he a hood nigga who... He's in his bubble and he didn't even mm-hmm. know about like insecure and like different popular shows. And mm-hmm. so it was just like kind of funny, like showing him insec- the first episode of Insecure. And he was like, damn, mm-hmm. like that's kind of good, but like they different. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so you're just used to like your bubble. His environment. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's like when you're just used to what you're giving, when you're used to like, what is perceived to be the norm it's pretty hard to like step out on what's different and that could be emotional intelligence that could be Mm -hmm. knowing about a different show if it's not presented to you in a way that you're able to receive it it's hard to Mm -hmm. like open your mind to it because you were never presented it so you know and I'm pretty sure that's a lot of people and that's why I hope my partner is somewhere Yes, it is a lot of people, but yeah. I feel like we're going to get back to your future partner. But I also wanted to add, I feel like women are forced. We have to deal with more people's emotions. Yep. We have to gauge more emotions in regards to our interpersonal relationship, our work relationships, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how we've been conditioned, I guess, trained. Yes, conditioned. Mm-hmm. And so it's just unfortunate that you know this is something that we've been having to do a long time to manage emotions and the other sex doesn't have to they're not expected to right um and that's the problem like we need to have more expectations for them and you know that's like when you get the lines like oh not all men I feel like okay of course it's not all men but it's like if the men that aren't bad aren't speaking out in droves then what are you here for you know right. it's like I see more often like when you see somebody give a bad take on Twitter or something like that there's always if it's a woman 
there are other women that's gonna clown this woman and be like girl delete this or girl you mm-hmm. dumb or girl you this girl you that and it's like we're gonna collectively get our group and I mean shame you possibly but we're gonna get you together but I feel like with men they be like oh bro they not gonna like you for this like you right. know they get more praise for these ne- uh negative takes and mm-hmm. like I saw a guy on Twitter today talking about if you're a single black mother, you're not successful. You're a failure. And he was basically saying that you may be successful. You may have a good job. You may be taking care of your child. But if the father isn't in the home, your your family is a failure. And I was just like, what? And it's just like, you know how many people were telling him, like, how are you not blaming the father that's not in the home as a failure? And he doubled, he kept doubling down. And it's just like one of those things that those are people who you can't reason with. Right. And it's just so unfortunate. Like these are the type of men that we have to choose from in mm-hmm. regards to our dating pool. And, and that's like, the scary part. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. That's so, so scary. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> because how dare you say that as a woman, if I'm a single mother, I'm a failure. But are you putting that I'm same, at fault? I'm at fault, <laughs> but are you putting that same pressure on a man who probably not no. doing right for the the mother or the child? No, yeah, you're no not follow up for the man. None. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't a lot of men in the comments that was like, bro, this is not right only a few yeah and it's always like that and mm-hmm. honestly speaking of twitter i feel like niggas be saying shit like that to get a rise out of people like they of know course. like just being a troll but i also and feel like they're finding trying to find their tribe yeah yeah for sure other for- people that think as skeezily as they do yeah and that's so unfortunate but you know luckily with social media in particular twitter is definitely casting like the f- assholes like you're like oh okay this motherfucker is an asshole like mm, yeah mm-hmm. like you block like you're mm-hmm. peeped on game on just how people are thinking and mm-hmm. you know people expose themselves more than they realize by just exactly. how they talk about things and that's my that's why twitter is my favorite social media app to find my um dating partners because like instagram mm-hmm. is like pictures and you know most men aren't really just pictures and if they are they probably capitals and i don't want those but <laughs> so i like twitter because it gives you their aspect of like what they're thinking and how they think and so right. i can know if i need to counsel you before you even slide on my dm so exactly. that's why i like twitter uh for dating just to throw that out there <laughs> same no you know i'm a motherfucker who finds any and every everything and i have my ways of doing it i will find your your mm-hmm. social media profile and do my digging and if it's not looking good blocked that's so funny i, I don't ever search for anybody's social media when I first started dating them or when I get their phone number, like my sister, like when she gets their phone number, she immediately searches them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't do any of that. I kind of like a surprise, but um, like, I just don't, especially their social media. I really don't give a fuck. Um, because I just know it's not going to be anything that's going to impress me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may find a family, but I feel like I'm pretty good at like sniffing out red flags to know like if you got something else going on or like you right. got a second family or, a first family 
for you know, <laughs> first like Yes. I think I, but, I snip around social media. I just need to make sure it's consistent. And first and foremost, you're not like a catfish because that's always first off. First off, like let me make sure all, I had a catfish story from Hinge, but um they got him actually blocked. Like they sent me an email saying that one of the dudes I had matched with was reported as a fraud and oh, wow. they un- they removed him from my um little inbox because they had already got several reports he was a fraud and i was like omg oh my god mm-hmm. so these niggas do be catfishing they definitely do um so like but yes we 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 he got off subject but yes but it, it kind of wasn't though like it was it was it all in the round together. Mm-hmm. yeah it all blended together um but um like speaking of like medias that we um well shows that we just talked about with insecure and just like that um what are some movies or tv shows that kind of shape your personal perception of romance now you know when you had introduced this question i kind of laughed because growing up my mom never let us really watch Disney movies and so I never really had that Disney princess mentality growing Mm -hmm. up because I never really got to see like I got to see Pocahontas and you know that wasn't the best ending and you know (laughs) it was like the ones that it wasn't like oh like Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, Cinderella I didn't watch any of those um anything that was like princessy my mom was just like, I don't want you having unrealistic expectations of what someone's going to do for you. Right. And, you know, she told us that. And, cause and I that's asked quite her progressive. I, I won't say she's progressive, but <laughs> I asked her, because my roommate in college, my freshman roommate had, she was love Disney. And she had like all the Disney movies. And I was just like, oh, I haven't seen these. And she was like, What? And I was just like, girl, and girl, it was so many Disney movies I had never seen, but it was just because, like, my mom was just like, mm, no. Like, she just really didn't want us to have those negative connotations, I guess. And that's why I guess I didn't feel like, oh, I want to have straight hair and I want to do this. And, you know, I just never felt like that. But I guess, like, one thing when I first was able to watch stuff on my own, brown sugar was one of the movies that i watched incessantly like oh my goodness like i loved it i love the whole like best friend angle Mm -hmm. and like we fall in love with each other like i love it (laughs) me too that's one of my faves too yes and because i always like i'm like even in my dating now like i'm not a casual person i'm casual but not in the regard like i still want to actually like you um like i want to know like how you think i want to know like i can be your friend and so i love this friend aspect of relationships and so that's always something that i've looked for in my relationship somebody that i can be friends with and somebody that i can just vibe with and it's not like physically our whole relationship isn't about the physical it's about like you know we can meet in so many different levels so right. I think brown sugar was like a main influence for me same 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 I love oh, also in the notebook um I watched it I had three copies of the notebook um <laughs> like 
I don't know. It's just something about like those you fall in love when you're young and mm-hmm. then like y'all find each other again and then it's like, oh my gosh, you know, like I still I'm crazy about you. So like that, those were like my like, oh my gosh, rom-com movies. But these are both like once I was in high school, I was watching this. I'm like, okay, you know, this is the type of shit I need. Yeah. I get that. I love Notebook. I remember when it premiered on cable because I didn't go see it in the movies, but I remember explicitly when it came on cable, like I just watched it over and over and over again. I just thought Mm -hmm. it was such a sweet movie. It was. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me personally, (laughs) my household, as I stated in the last episode, it's quite different. Mm-hmm. So um one movie in particular that I feel like kind of shaped me about like romance in my perception of it is waiting to exhale. Um and it was never saw that till I was an adult. <laughs> my mama would not let me watch this. So I never saw it until I was like 22. Yeah, no, let me tell you this. <laughs> I remember, like I said, my my parents was kind of progressive in how mm-hmm. like I could watch radar movies at a very wow. young age and they did not Lucky. really care. <laughs> not you care. wanted them younger kids. So they they stopped giving a fuck after yeah no for years. real. For real <laughs> no no for real. Like they cared about some stuff but like what I consumed they really did not care. Mm-hmm. I remember explicitly my parents buying that movie on VHS Mm-hmm. Showing my age. Not the VHS. I remember mm-hmm. explicitly the tape, and I remember explicitly watching it and just being like so amazed at five years old, like just seeing it. And the scene that, like, I was like, what the fuck was mm-hmm. when Angela Bassett burnt his shit up? Mm-hmm. I, that, that really, really like really like I remember like rewinding it and just kept re-watching it because like I guess like I've never seen a woman like like that before just rage and just so angry and I don't know my five-year-old self was amazed to see (laughs) a woman like that Oh, so thanks. And then, like, you know, that soundtrack is fire. And I remember just being obsessed with Not Gonna Cry by Mary J. Blige. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard the song. So that yeah. the soundtrack was fire. Yeah, fire. It, it still stands today. No, still. Yeah. So I remember singing them songs as a kid. Acting um, like you had a man and you did not. Right. <laughs> didn't even know what it was about. But that movie definitely like just had a strong impact on me. And it wasn't necessarily like perfect because technically like no one had like the happy ending, but it was definitely realistic. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that I was kind of exposed to that at a young age on just seeing like, you know love and life is not this happy fairy tale that you know we're kind of force-fed as children so even though it was kind of problematic but kind of progressive that my parents let me watch radar movies at a young kid as a young kid um I think it like really did kind of set me up to like not expect these like movie type of relationships because I can also say that with how Stella got a groove back and mm-hmm. like just all the black cinema like we my family was really big on 
like spending time with each other. Like Fridays, uh, my parents would order pizza and we would um, rent movies when that was a thing. And we would rent like those type of movies and watch it together. Of course, like the sex scenes, I'll have to close my eyes, but everything else I watched like normally, like they didn't really, it didn't bother them that I watched those things. So, uh, so yeah, that's me and my <laughs> childhood <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, so yeah, like just to kind of wrap this all up, like, you know, it's just interesting just trying to kind of piece like how how the things we consume kind of influence like our life, our love lives, we what we want out of partners and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so just being conscious about like what we consume and how we consume things and just making sure that what you say you want out of a person is just like realistic and it's attainable, it's tangible. And, you know, make sure it's just real. Hey, make sure you're real with yourself. Hurt. Make sure you <laughs> this is our, um, <laughs> our, our daily dose of telling you you might need to go to therapy. Go to therapy. Okay. <laughs> right. Totally fine. Please go to therapy. But anyway, we're gonna trans transfer over to our next segment, which is our old girl. No. So how's your dating app chronicles going so far? Oh <sighs> right, right. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> I've had more duds lately than I've had catches, but I have a very special dud. So um, this guy, we were talking for like, I guess a week, a little over a week, we were talking on Hinge. And so he apparently likes to play games, like arcade games, like go to like, he probably like a Dave and Buster's type of nigga. And I am not the girl that you take to Dave and Buster's I will not have fun so I mean I will have forced fun but Mm -hmm. that would not be my choice to have you spend dollars so um he was like let me take you out for a game and you know if you like it then maybe we can do something you like next time and if you don't you can block me and so I was like okay I like the way you think Mm -hmm. so I gave him my phone number and so he texts me like around eight o'clock and I was sleep already at that point because I was sleeping like shifts. And so he also had called me. And so when I woke up, I saw him and I texted him back. And so I was like, hey, did you call me? And because like when he called me, it didn't show the number. It showed a full name. And so mm-hmm. I was like, did you call me? He was like, yeah. And so he said the thing that was weird, like on the dating app, and I'm going to use different names, but I probably never hear this, but on the dating app, let's say he said his name was Wayne. And when he texted me, he was like, hey, this is Will. And I'm like, (laughs) and so that's why I was like, hey did you call me because like the name was different from the name that he had put on hinge and so 
he texts when he texts back he was like yeah I called but when you text me back I was asleep and so I was like okay so I'm gonna read the actual messages so I can make sure that I'm getting the story right okay so he said um so I was like is the one that you put on hinge your fake name and is this your real name and he said what do you mean my fake name lol and i'm like <laughs> okay your hinge obviously says wayne and you text me say your name is will is we're already there's a disconnect already here so <laughs> i said he said what do you mean my fake name i said i mean you tell me lol i said on hinge it says wayne i said but you tell me your name is will and on your caller id it said and this is Williams, let's say that, because the name he gave me was an half of the name on the last name that I saw on the caller ID. So mm. he, he, he told me his name was Will, but on the caller ID, his last name said Williams, and mm. Will was not the first name. So I said, okay, well, I said on hand just says, and at this point I was sleepy and high, so I didn't really read the caller ID that well because I really thought that it just said William as the caller ID. And so I said, so you go by Wayne, but on here you go by William. And he was like, what? Why does my caller ID say William? How? And I'm like, LOL, I'm not the phone company. And he was like, I've never put that on my caller ID. What kind of phone do you have? And I'm like, uh I see you're asking a lot of questions for you still have to tell me what your real name is and he was like because you made me nervous you're calling me random names and now my phone is showing stuff I've never heard of before mind you mind you he (laughs) He just said his name so I said why are you nervous he said because you sound like a cop and (laughs) I I was really fucking with you I said but it does sound like you have something to hide and he was like no I'm just cautious and I notice everything and sends me eye emojis and so you know oh that would have been (laughs) hold on you know me being a smart ass I am I said do you notice how you still haven't told me what your real name is since you noticed everything right and he's and no, and then you know what I called him? I called him by the name that was on the caller ID. And then he's gonna say, you know too much already, LOL. Okay, so so the name that you said that was on the caller ID that you never heard of before, now all of a sudden I know too much when I call you by your real name that showed up on my caller ID. Like I was like, okay, okay. Like, for, like let's say the caller ID said Hunter Williams. And He's, he tells me his name is Will, but on Hinge, it said Wayne. So nothing's adding up here. And so I'm like, I can understand if your first name, like, because his first, his real, the first name that was on color ID, it's not a cute first name. So right. if he told me like, oh, I don't like Hunter, but I just go by Will since that's the first part of my last name. I would have been like, okay, that makes sense. You know, let's Ooh. carry on with the conversation. But he didn't. He was like, being weird and then he sent me like a gift talking about my lips are sealed over your name your name and so my sister searched his name 
and it came up an old white man that's dead. So mm. I was like, hmm, interesting. And so she was like, basically, if this isn't a new number, I don't know what to tell you. And so I'm like, hmm. And so I said, I don't know what to save your name as. And he was like, my real name is Will. And I'm like, so why does my phone say Hunter Williams? Answer me. So of course I didn't <laughs> respond anymore. And I just blocked him. No, because I said, because he said, he said, my name is Will. I said, which part? He said, what do you mean, which part? I, that's when I blocked him because you're not going to play fucking games with me. And so I was just like, okay, okay. I'm tired of the games. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm in the Olympics of dating because I've been on the dating app since it's February. I've been on the dating app since November, four months. And I, that's the longest I've ever been on this app, on any kind of dating app. And I'm just, I'm, I'm almost giving up. Like, my man gonna have to climb through my patio type. Like, that's how- Proposal, lay, that, lay down your hair type of shit for me, personally. Girl, like, I'm gonna have to call up one of my old hoes or something. Like, I just, uh. it's just too much. So, that was my dating chronicle of the week. Oh, sidebar. I don't know if you saw my Instagram. So I had a guy that I talked to in the first part of my dating chronicles, like the early November part. And he was decent, you know, decent looking, decent conversation. I was just like, I'm just getting out here. I'm just testing my communication skills at this point. Mm -hmm. And when I told him that I wanted to have my own tiny home and my own tiny bathhouse, he, you know, the first response wasn't, oh, that sounds cool. Where do you plan on putting it? Or, oh, I've, I've heard people want to do that. You know, something showing interest. His immediate response was, tiny homes are illegal in Tennessee. And I'm like, oh, I didn't ask you any fucking thing. And then while I was at home yesterday watching Tiny Home Nations, and guess what the fuck popped up on my TV? A fucking tiny home community in Newport, Tennessee. I said, oh my gosh, if I can remember this man's name, I would have sent it to him. But I have no fucking clue what his name is. But there's just one thing that I'm like, why do men give unsolicited advice that nobody asked you fucking for? And why did you try to shit on my dream? Right. But yes, right. That... <laughs> That was an update to a dating chronicle from Instagram. But yes, did you have any dating chronicles? Are you on the apps or are you still just hovering? Okay. So, <laughs> I have a story. Oh, okay. I have a story. Um, so let me just preface this by saying I'm still in my hometown. I don't know when I'm going to be back or if I'm going to be back in New York. And that's a whole nother story, a whole nother episode. We're not going to get too deep in there, but whatever. So, you know, I'm just to myself, minding my business as I do. Mm -hmm. um, again, like I'm still on the dating house, but not just like for real, for real. My story. Okay. So technically I'm still back in my hometown. I don't know when or where 
or if I will go back to New York. That's a whole nother story, whole nother situation, whole nother episode. We'll get to it when we get to it. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm still on the apps. I'm just not engaging as much just because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just trying to get myself situated. However, on Facebook dating, this mm-hmm. young man. Young? He's only, he was 29. He was a year ago. Okay. Young. I'm like, is he 24? (laughs) (laughs) And I do have a story about a young man, but I'm not telling that story no time soon. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, this guy, he liked my profile. Again, like I usually just go through the people who like me versus Mm -hmm. just like looking like people. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I think is a benefit with Facebook dating because in other apps, you typically have to pay for that feature. But anyway, he liked my profile and then he also said, hey, love, I want to put in my application to be your Valentine's. Is this the right spot? (laughs) So typically, men who leave messages when they like my page, they be like, oh, you're so beautiful. Hey, how are you? This was a little bit different. This was more of an effort, you know? Yeah. So usually I just ignore most of the people, but that one, I said, huh, okay, all right. Uh-huh. So I liked him back and um, he immediately was like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, hey, how are you? And, uh, you know, he go in that whole spell like, oh, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, can we make a deal? So of course, me being me, I'm like, what type of deal are you trying to do? Uh-huh. <laughs> he was like, um, you know, like if we talk on the phone and we vibe together, can I take you out on a dinner? And I was like, oh, that's cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, deal. And he was like, well, may I have your number? Now, by the time he sent that message, I was asleep. Uh-huh. And so the next day was Valentine's Day. And he was like, you know, happy Valentine's Day. And I I was like, oh, you know, I miss sure I was sleeping when you sent the last message, but here's my number and happy Valentine's Day. So he texts me. And of course, he kind of goes through that whole spill. You know, guys sometimes send pictures of the pictures to like prove they're not a catfish. I did the whole, I did, I sent some pictures too that wasn't on my page because, you know, me, I ain't got nothing to hide. And uh, he was like, oh, you look like an edible arrangement. And I said, LOL, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) I was like, you look nice too. And uh, he was like, do you prefer, or what did he say? He was like, wait, it's my text messages on my computer. Because I too have messages to read. (laughs) He said, he said, you like bigger men? And I responded back, I don't have a preference. Uh He said, aesthetically, you don't have a standard. Red flag. I said, I didn't say that, LOL. I said, I do have to find you attractive, but there isn't a weight requirement or anything like that. As long as I find you attractive, you got some going for yourself and reviving, that's all that matters. Right. He went silent literally silent (laughs) he did not respond back to me nothing Mm -hmm. 
So, but he responded back early in the morning, the following day, and he went into the spell of, um, you know, how was your day? How, well, good morning, that bullshit. And he was like, how did you sleep? I was like, okay, great. It was good. He was like, how did you speak? And he was like, well, you wasn't next to me. So he did a shrug emoji. I said, I said, LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> LOL. And then he said, what you doing today? Left him on red. And then he uh-huh. said, can you talk? I said, not right now. I'm at work. Uh-huh. And he was like, okay, what do you do for work? I told him that I work for a tech company, which is true. And I said, you? He said, I'm a teacher and an entrepreneur. I said, oh, that's cool. What type of entrepreneur are you? He said he owns Airbnbs and digital real estate. And I said, Mm -hmm. nice. Then. What's digital real estate? I have no idea. That was something I was like, okay, maybe that's a conversational point once we talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I did tell him like I was busy when he wanted to talk. I'm going to send him a voice message. And on the voice message, I was just like, hey, you know, this is me. Um, you know, if you want to talk, I'm available. Just let me know. What's up? How you doing? All that good shit. And he was like, you home? He sent me a message. You home? I was like, yep. Did not hear from him the rest of the night. That's it. Uh-huh. Red flag number two. Uh-huh. Then he go through the whole fucking spell of the good morning text which I'm pretty sick of at this point. Girl, me fucking too. <laughs> and, you know, we talk or whatever. And it was like, are you at work? I'm like, no, not right now. He was like, what time to get off? I told him my work schedule. Radio silence. So we didn't speak to each other. He sent me a message on Saturday morning. And guess what he said? Good, Good morning. morning. <laughs> and guess what I said? Mm-hmm. nothing nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and he got blocked <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're playing and actually you're operating like you have a bitch like girl he operate like he got something he got something no i'm with so, you so you know blocked mm-hmm. blocked moved on whatever don't have time (laughs) i I literally do not have time to deal with this literally it was only because you were talking nice (laughs) to start this whole conversation it's like why would you build me up to break me down to break me to literally let me down Mm -hmm. like but that's dating that's dating that's dating dating in a nutshell a nigga will build you up to Bring your ass down. <laughs> Convince me otherwise, because that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. So that was fun. <laughs> that was our dating chronicles. Mm-hmm. That was our dating chronicles. Um, so moving on. Um, of course, with our um, old girl no segment, we also talk about like hot takes from social media. Now, this is from last week, so it's a little bit dated, but it was so fucking funny when it happened. I crackled. You're <laughs> dumb. Good, like deep, good laugh when this shit was playing off on Twitter. So if you did not know, this young man, <laughs> and it's funny, on our dark, on our dock, it says, how a nigga with alleged freckles and red hair had the timeline shook. 
So this young man had a situation where he was tweeting about something. I believe he it's all started off him tweeting a picture with a young lady that he wasn't even dealing with. And like her friend called him out and was like, bro. Well, he have- tweeted it on Valentine's Day. Yes. Like he was with her and put an emoji over her face because he thought no one would know who she was. Yes. And then her friend, her cousin found it. It was retweeted multiple times and her cousin saw it and was like, hey, take this down. That's my cousin. Mm-hmm. Of course, he did not take it down. And she and also so- said, y'all haven't been together since like June. Yes, and it's currently February 2022. He hasn't seen her since June 2021. Mm-hmm. Almost a year. And so she gets online and she's like, hey, take this down. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he still does not take it down. And so she comes back and eviscerates him. Yes, and that pretty much started like just a a domino effect of other young ladies talking about their dating experience with him how he'll be like hey like he'll you know jump in their dms or whatever they'll start talking and then you know at some point another they will supposedly go on dates and he'll have these outlandish fucking excuses as to why they can date in some instance some of these young ladies like to where he was and he'd be like oh I have COVID or oh I'm in the hospital because I have diabetes and like Uh it's not funny that he has diabetes it's just that the lies he's using his diabetes as an excuse yes and it was like these women yes been lying to lying and this also was around the same time frame so like he was talking to these women during the same time frame so mm-hmm. he was probably lying to be with somebody else and mm-hmm. it was just like it was so funny to me it, but I felt so bad for those young ladies but also me being me I'm gonna take my ill in private I'm not gonna Girl. let know <laughs> that a nigga who's being dragged did me wrong like I'm just not I'm just not. I'm going to chop it up with my niggas and talk to my friends about it, but I'm not going to tell people, strangers on the internet, that a nigga did me wrong. I'm just not, personally. No, not unless I look good in a situation. I ain't saying shit. Right. Right. Like, so. But yeah, he had dyed red (laughs) hair. He had fake freckles. Like, he literally catfished these women to learn, turn into a whole new nigga. And it's like, the fact that it was working was the worst part that was the worst part i guess that's what made me laugh so hard like they yeah. really took this shit it's just okay just how bad women want a man yeah yeah i mean granted we are not blaming these women these no. just more so that the fact a lot of these women saw the red flags a few of them did not but mm-hmm. ultimately no women were harm detrimentally to this yeah. man it could have been a lot fucking worse. it, it could have been and he didn't scam them I don't he didn't think. scam them he didn't abuse them he, he just scammed them by being aesthetically different yeah <laughs> and lying about and lying him. just lying Mm-hmm. Like which is me like come see you this day and then you want me to come another day then right change lives and shit uh-uh. he was talking about his cousin died and somebody was like nigga that's your co-worker yeah 
Oh my the god. The deceit. The deceit. He was just what the hell? But like you said, that could have been a horrible situation because there have been times where women said that a certain somebody has assaulted them in some way or another, and then other women start coming out and so forth. So in this grand scheme of things, you know, this situation wasn't as bad as other, but the fact that he lied about just simple things was just mm-hmm. like, bro, <laughs> it's just a clear indication of how niggas ain't shit about the smallest things. The smallest things. Smallest things. Because also, he could have played this so much better because mm-hmm. I don't think he like claimed to be in a relationship with any of these young ladies. So the fact no, that he, he said made- he didn't. He said, he said that. He said, I, I never was in a rush with none of y'all other girls. He said, but I was sorry to the main girl who started the thread. Because, yeah. but it's like, damn, this took all, this is what it took for you to apologize. Right. Like, you could have just took the picture down and said, I'm sorry from the get-go. She had to flame you and do a whole thread on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And then other women saying, me too. On me you. too. <sighs> now also on this situation so the guy who all this shit was happening he was a bigger guy and i know some people was talking about like oh because he's a guy um people can talk about his weight and it's not fat phobia but i don't know maybe it's how i have curated my timeline but no one was really talking about his weight it was about the fake fake freckles in the fake red hair that people yeah i never saw anybody talking about his weight on my timeline me either so i'm just like again you know how people like to bitch him on about certain things and i think that was just one of the cases because i literally did not see anyone talk about his weight Um, and i don't think that had anything to do with it it was just that he was a lying ass nigga period yeah uh, like hippie fat literally had nothing to do with any of this nothing like (laughs) women were attracted to him but i mean they were attracted to a man with fake freckles and fake red, red hair, hair, hair but, but uh, they were still attracted to him to the point where they were talking to him he just right. lied about everything fucking else right. like he could have played this smoothly but yeah. he just didn't he didn't have it yeah poor so, tink poor tink and yeah yeah but they <laughs> so i guess he won yeah he won i mean he he got spotlight he was the main character yeah. of the day <laughs> Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure it did not it's not stopping him getting bitches it, like now moving forward. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure she was some woman that slid into his DMs after all this happened. And was like, what's up? Right. I'm sure I dry I dry your freckles on your face. What's up? <laughs> Girl. I am so, sure. I'm sure. Um, so finally, just want to briefly talk about the rapper Isaiah Rashad. Um, this happened a few weeks ago also, but um, allegedly there was some videos of him being intimate with men. And as someone who truly, absolutely love Isaiah Rashad, he is absolutely one of my favorite artist favorite rapper literally his last album i still listen to it like almost every day um you know it's very unfortunate that that has happened because i'm pretty sure those were intimate moments um Uh between him 
And I just hate that because you're famous, that you're more prone to having that being exposed um, right. versus like a normal person. And granted, normal people have their intimate moments exposed, but it's not a- as big of a deal as like a rapper. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfortunate that that happened to him. It's very unfortunate that I'm curious to see how his career will go on with this situation because hip-hop and rap is so uh, homophobic that you know certain people may not work with you because of x y and z and so forth Uh and I just hope that doesn't affect him because he's so talented and he's so great and he's had history with you know dealing with depression and suicidal ideology and, and all of those things so I just hope and pray that he's doing well um because of course he's not posting anything on social media and he's also signed to TDE and of course they haven't said anything so I hope they're covering him and supporting him and protecting him um and he's just covered because he's so talented and me personally I'm sexually attracted to everyone on TDE so I hope that you know you know he's just surrounded by love for real because he's so talented and like I said it's just so unfortunate that those things happen to famous people and we live in such a vulturistic yeah and just a celebrity driven society that you know Uh you can't even do what you do in your bedroom without it potentially being leaked so Uh yeah that is I agree with you um it just I just hope he's surrounded by people that can love on him because that is a traumatic experience to have your personal intimate moments released publicly. I never saw it. So I either I'm, I'm glad because nobody posted it to my timeline where I was yeah. able to see it. Um, so, you know, he, he was safe for me, but I do. It does kind of make me sad just because, you know, that may not be the moment where he wanted to share that. And he mm-hmm. may have never wanted to share that um, part of his life with the world and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I never saw any negative feedback on my timeline about it. Um, you know, most people were basically just like, okay, so he liked Big too. Like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I filter my timeline to a point where I, if I see homophobia, you're gone. So yeah. I don't have anybody that I know that will outwardly tweet something homophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wish him the best in this journey that he's going through, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, like you said, how other people in the industry can still be very homophobic. And these may be the gatekeepers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure TD got his back and stuff like that. Because I mean, look at Saucy Santana, like, openly gay doing the fucking damn thing and you know he came up as a friend to Carisha and you know he made his mark like he did this on his own and so I respect that so much just because like you know how many openly gay artists are there that are like getting um people on their songs you know getting traction on the radio and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like Material Girl, like, I don't know if TikTok was the catalyst for it, but I feel like Saucy Tantana is a moment in itself, Mm -hmm. and I feel like he's always going to find himself a moment, and I love that for him. It's a start, for sure. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the star quality is there, baby. It's there. And um, I love that for him, but I also love that, you know, he can be gay in his way or queer in his way, you know, um, Isaiah can be queer in his way. Like it's not a a a color fits all for everybody. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, he likes to suck a little dick or you know, power bottom like, whatever right you know he like his dick suck by a man that's his business and if he do it's just like how does that change his music it doesn't right. it doesn't so it it's doesn't. like i mean and i keep sitting around talking about bitches all day every day his song anyway so it's like have you really been deceived <laughs> you know it's like because a bitch can be a film male is that far we know <laughs> i mean it, it's his bitch so you know just i just i don't feel like homophobia has a place in this world anymore and i feel like you know if people who be like oh i don't agree with that lifestyle i feel like you should probably worry about your own lifestyle because it's not for you to agree with and i'm probably gonna say this again on this show i mean on this uh podcast but somebody else's sexuality is not for you to agree with so whether you disagree or agree with their lifestyle you do not matter i want you to know that Mm -hmm. so (laughs) if you have that opinion it does not matter and you should probably find the root of why you think that way and how can you move past it exactly because let people love who they want to love right and let people fuck who they want to fuck like it's not hurting anybody it's not period it's not diluting his music it's not Uh fucking up his quality it's not doing any of those things and to go back to your point about like you didn't see anyone specifically say anything on the timeline i didn't either but of course i'm nosy so i typically go into the replies and i saw a few things Uh those could be russian bots for all i know like you Uh know you know i couldn't pinpoint it to like a real person so it could be you know i buy for all i know but again i just want to send good energy towards towards him and just people around him Mm -hmm. like you said that could be very traumatic because you Mm -hmm. know that's nobody's business first and foremost so right yeah well we made it through another episode girl (laughs) barely um so thank you very much for listening to this um please follow our instagram page at kinda complicated um you can follow me at la 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 toya underscore 10 that's four lies toya underscore 10 or most um social medias you can follow me on twitter at prima yana and we'll spell that down in the description and make sure you give us five stars and tell your friends about us and definitely follow the podcast instagram and like stuff and leave comments yes of course somebody love Uh my house (laughs) right they had to end it out with us too yes But thank you all for listening and you all have a great day and week and we will talk to you soon. Yes.